Hi, this is Patty Scalzo, welcoming all our listeners to today's broadcast of Shear Jeshub, a Bible study program brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. My husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, is currently teaching a series on heavenly authority. In our last time together, we left off in the book of Judges, chapter 6 and verse 27, where the Lord God had commanded Gideon to tear down the altar of Baal that was on his father's property. Gideon took ten trusted servants with him to do this, but because he feared the members of his own household and the men of the city, Gideon acted at night. So now let's rejoin Pastor Greg as he continues with his Sunday message. So not only does he have to be afraid of his own members of his family, but he has to be afraid of the whole city who likes this altar to Baal. And it must have taken great courage of Gideon to do what the Lord God told him to do. And yet, there's still fear there, right? He does it by night. He doesn't remember, peace be with you. Do not fear, you shall not die. He's not really remembering the story of Moses, how Moses could stand up and God would protect him against no matter how many people there were of the Israelites, as well as the Egyptians. And often we as Christians are like Gideon. We do what the Lord wants us to do. We're in agreement with him. And we desire to do it, but we're afraid to do it before people by day. We'll leave a track on the door, but we're afraid to ring the bell. We'll witness on the internet, but we'll do it under a pseudonym, a different name. We like the things of the Lord, but any time we have to say them outright, in the daylight, to another individual to witness, we get afraid. And we would rather anonymous Christianity rather than straight out Christianity. So Gideon goes and he does it by night. Remember Nicodemus, he goes by night to Jesus. What is the result? Verse 28, and when the men of the city arose early in the morning, there was the altar of Baal torn down, and the wooden image that was beside it was cut down, and the second bull was being offered on the altar which had been built. So a new altar is built in the spot. So they said to one another, Who has done this thing? And when they had inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. We get found out anyway. It's going to come out that we're Christians anyway. So better to do it by day than do it clandestine by night. Then, and the obvious result, then the men of the city said to Joash, bring out your son that he may die because he has torn down the altar of Baal and because he has cut down the wooden image that was beside it. But Joash said to all who stood against him, Would you plead for Baal? Would you save him? Let the one who would plead for him be put to death by morning. If he, Baal, is a god, let him plead for himself, because his altar has been torn down. Therefore, on that day he called him Jerobaal, saying, Let Baal plead against him because he has torn down his altar. 
So his father's very clever. Joash is very clever. And to his credit, to his credit, he defends his son before the people that his son is not killed. And the implication of what he's saying to them is an authentic God requires no defense. If this is a true authentic God, he doesn't need to be saved. If Baal is God, we don't have to save him by killing Gideon. Let Baal do it. Let Baal plead for himself. And he turns around and labels his son with a name, Jeroboam. Let Baal plead against him. And probably the father believes it too. He doesn't want to see his son die. And if Baal is the God that he has in his backyard, if he's really God, well, he'll kill him. But at least he saved them from the people doing it. An authentic God does not require us to save him. Rather, the authentic God saves us. And you see how little their minds were in their idolatry that they had to protect these little wooden images, that they had to protect these altars, because these gods, these pagan gods, were nothing. And with this clever line, let Baal do it. If he's a god, he can clearly defend himself better than you can. He's able to save Gideon. And then in verse 33, trouble comes. Then all the Midianites and the Malachites and people of the east, it's time for them to come and destroy the harvest, gathered together and crossed over and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. The valley of Jezreel. That valley will come up over and over again in the Old Testament. It's an extremely important part of Israel's history and eschatology. It's the valley that basically separates Samaria from Galilee. And the reason it's so important in Israel is that there are two ancient trade routes that cross at that very spot. You have the route going from the Mediterranean Sea over to the Jordan River. So the people of the east going over to the Mediterranean to sail would have to cross through this valley. And you also had a trade route going from Syria through Galilee into Judea and down into Egypt. So it was a crossroads. And it was bordered on the southwest side by the Carmel mountain range coming down from Mount Carmel coming down below it and on the north by the hills of Nazareth. And this area must have been very familiar to Jesus when he was growing up. And the name Jezreel becomes important even in the prophets. They'll speak about one named Jezreel, one who would grow up in this area. And many battles in the Old Testament and since that time throughout history have been fought, major battles in this battlefield, in this valley of Jezreel, and this valley of Jezreel, also called Ezra Elon, you might hear that name, that's the Greek for it, Ezra Elon, the plain of Ezra Elon, you read in the Old Testament, is overlooked by the city of Megiddo. Megiddo looks right over the valley of Jezreel. And many scholars believe that the last battle, the battle of Armageddon, will most likely be fought in this valley of Jezreel, a very important biblical area for eschatology. And all the troops are gathering, just like in the last days of the Battle of Armageddon. They'll gather in this battlefield not far from where Jesus grew up. 
And here comes the Midianites, the Malachites, the people of the east. And then in verse 34, the hope. But the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of Yahweh, came upon Gideon. And then he blew the trumpet, and the Abba Ezraites gathered behind him. That part of the tribe of Manasseh, of Israel, gathered behind him. Baal is not God. The true God, Yahweh, is pleased with his actions of tearing down that altar and building the altar to Yahweh. And he anoints Gideon for victory. As we read, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, even as with the judges, the Spirit of the Lord would come on the other judges, the other leaders, the other deliverers. And what happens? Gideon blows the trumpet. And it's a call to battle. It's the sound of the trumpet for battle. In Revelation, there are seven trumpets which proclaim the steps for the coming of the kingdom, the coming of the victory. Even as when Joshua, when the people walked around the city of Jericho and then they blew the trumpet, the wall of Jericho fell down. You remember how we studied several times back Ehud the judge. Ehud, how he blew the trumpet in the mountains of Ephraim to gather together the children of Israel against the Moabites. And back in Numbers chapter 10, in verse 1, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Make two silver trumpets for yourself. You shall make them of hammered work. You shall use them for the calling of the congregation and directing the movement of the camps. When they blow both of them, all the congregation shall gather before you at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So it was a trumpet blast for battle. It was also a trumpet blast for gathering to bring in the congregation of the Lord, the calling together of the people of the Lord. And when Gideon under the spirit blows the trumpet, his people, his part of Manasseh gathers together. And oh, how today we need in America Christian leaders who will clearly sound the trumpet to call believers together, to gather us together into a spiritual warfare against Satan and his forces of evil in this world. Believers in Jesus Christ to take the position we have in him to pray and do battle in spiritual realms. Remember that what was physical in the Old Testament, the actual warfare with swords, literal swords, was a type and a shadow of what is spiritually true in the New Testament. There is a battle that we have as Christians. We don't use physical weapons of warfare. But the Apostle Paul tells us clearly in Ephesians chapter 6, he tells us in verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, and in the power of his might. A commandment to Christians, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. What did the angel of the Lord tell Gideon last time we studied it? Go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Be strong, my brethren. My brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then Paul goes on to say in Ephesians 6, 11, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Our enemies are not other humans, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness and heavenly places in the heavenly realms. What an interesting point at which to leave the study. In our next broadcast, Pastor Greg will be continuing this Bible study series. If you appreciate hearing Shir Jeshub on your local station, may I ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the church outreach of Shir Jeshub Christian Tabernacle. All correspondence and donations should be sent to Shir Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. Again, that's Shir Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, S H E A R hyphen J A S H U B, Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. And please include the call letters of your radio station. And if you will be in the Connecticut area, let me invite you to join us for Sunday service. Shir Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the town of Madison at the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane. The exit is number 61 off I-95. Go south to Route 1, turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. The Memorial Hall is the yellow brick and white building, and we meet on the upper floor. Please join us for our next broadcast of Shir Jeshub, which in Hebrew means a remnant shall return.